0: Welcome to The Roll With Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination, from our world to the far-off world of Ebrists, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for further episodes, and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us in this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes, Roll with Adventure.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Roll with Adventure's campaign of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Cass, and I'm the Dungeon Master for this ragtag band of heroes. And today, our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ebrus continues. This episode continues deep into the night on loom the first of Leonay, in the year 1083 PR, within the Darkling Forest, where our heroes are maybe in a bit of a precarious situation. Melian and Faileth race towards who they think are Jovan and Seth who appear to be in dire danger, while Kwari heads towards the roaring of a monstrosity and the sound of Faileth calling out. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. And to decide the order of introduction, let's play roll player initiative, not character. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. I think everyone knows how to do player initiative now, so how dexterous or not have each of you been this past week?
2: Today, after work, I stood on a stool on top of a chair in the bathtub to clean something off the ceiling, and I did not fall, so I'm going to take a plus one.
3: While throwing keys to my roommates, who had been locked out um, from tossing it down from my balcony, I managed to instead drop it directly down into the bush of the folks on the ground floor um which led to a really awkward encounter I had to go in and ask them to please ignore us while we crawled inside of their bush desperately looking for a tiny set of keys it was <laughs> just it was horrible um cool. so negative two is this is the moral of the story absolutely cool. negative two
4: i was originally going to say minus one and i'll tell you why i um was making lunch today and my lunch was uh frozen jalapeno poppers that i air fried they were delicious however while i was trying to put them in the air fryer i dropped what i thought was one on the floor and i was like that's fine i'm about to high pressure hot air blast this thing until it's cooked so i put it in the air fryer and then i stepped back to admire my work and i stepped on another one that apparently i had also dropped um, but i ate it anyway so um i'm still gonna take a plus a minus two also even though i didn't crawl around inside a bush
0: i managed to change a diaper in the near pitch black today in an attempt to not fully wake up the two-year-old who needed changing uh, but in the middle of her nap cycle, and poop didn't get on everything. It got on a whole lot of things, but it didn't get on everything, and I will consider that a win. So I'm going to take uh plus one.
1: Well, let's see how these rolls go.
2: That's a 13.
4: A uh, 15. 13 after modifier. Eight for me. I also got a 13, hilariously, which I think means three (laughs) 13s. All right, well, I had a negative two.
3: uh, So did I. I had a plus one. Okay, so it's me and Brian rolling off then. I rolled a six in the roll off. I rolled a 19.
2: Hi, my name's Allie. I'm playing Kori Anaclathi-Bo-Stukebase, a Goliath paladin. Quarry once had a friend who tricked them into being a smuggler. That friend disappeared after Quarry was caught by the authorities. Turns out, she wasn't really much of a friend.
3: My name is David. Um, I am playing Jovan Savvy J. Cooperson, a human scholar um, who masquerades as a rogue for most of this. Uh, My fun fact is actually a fun fact about Quarry, secretly, uh, and it's that Quarry is an exceptional storyteller. Uh, And I don't think this was brought up, but... How Quarry and Jovan got to know each other was when Jovan was quite young at the Abbey, uh, Quarry would come by frequently and share stories about uh, their adventures. And um, they have since formed many of the the core philosophies that
4: Jovan lives by. I'm Brian. I'm at MindOverBrian on Twitter and on Twitch. Although on Twitch I spell it with a zero instead of an O. And I am playing uh, Melian Barebone, a changeling barbarian uh, who typically appears to be a bearded half-elven young man uh, with a noticeable scar running along his cheek from his upper lip and covering around to nick his right ear. His hair is red, his eyes are crystal blue, uh, and um, I don't know if I've talked too much about Melian's background, uh, specifically because... Um, spoilers, I guess? But I will say that um, the reason that Melian is no longer with his his clan is that he was uh his mother uh, informed him that he would no longer be welcome in, the, in the, their clan and he had to leave his twin brother behind and it was very difficult
0: hello i am sasha and i play phelith the half elven bard who was raised by and can speak to ghosts my fun fact about phelith is that she is actually a bard i know she doesn't seem like one or act like one, or do <laughs> any of the things that bards do. Um, and that's because she has absolutely no formal bard training. All her training is ghost-based. However, uh, she did hang out with a couple of ghost bards for a while. They taught her how to pay the play. That's a word that is a thing I said with my mouth. They taught her how to play the panpipes, uh, And she has a beautiful set that she has carved from Bird Bones. Uh, And she actually has a lovely singing voice and knows a couple of uh, country sort of folky songs that she likes to sing to herself when she's feeling scared.
2: Cue the rainbow. I want to hear some of the singing.
0: (laughs) Oh, Danny boy. (laughs)
2: Anyway.
1: (laughs) Well, now that everyone has introduced themselves, (laughs) let's get this adventure rolling. And remember, here we roll with adventure.
4: I put a lot of effort in this week.
0: (laughs) It shows. We're very disappointed.
4: Sorry.
2: (laughs) I don't know if we'll renew your singing intro music contract.
4: (sighs) Man, I was hoping to get like a 30% raise.
1: The, cre- the uh, sound director has, has spoken.
4: Honestly, I was about to do the Mario theme, and I was like, oh, I shouldn't probably do a Mario theme, and then I just didn't know what else to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so, to set the scene. Before we actually get straight into setting the scene, can I get everyone to please roll me initiative?
4: No. <laughs> if we don't roll initiatives, does that mean you'll never set the scene? Because that feels.
2: That is a 13. I mean, oh, if we oh, don't roll, we can't be eaten. Four! Right? <laughs> hmm.
4: I got an 18. Oh, nice. 16.
0: Four! Oh, no. I mean, it's probably better if FaeLith doesn't go first, let's be honest.
3: That's fair. <laughs> Do you get to know okay. what our uh,
4: Buddy of Bandits initiative is? Oh, what
1: Seth's initiative is?
2: Yeah, let's see how this goes.
4: Assuming there's a real Seth with us. that <laughs>
3: 20 and he makes a run for it. Rip. He's
2: going to be a valuable ally. Oh, um, actually, he ironically, has he has a four. Skills. <laughs> he Ooh, also got up a four. got <laughs> no, no. a
0: plus two. What have you got?
5: <laughs> uh,
1: Faileth succeeds.
0: That's right. A plus two dexterity.
2: Cass? Yep query Mm -hmm. my channel divinity is something that i choose after a rest do you want me to say what it is at the end of the rest because we haven't been doing that
1: so you don't actually choose your channel divinity until you use it oh really yeah Uh, when you use your channel divinity you choose which option to use you must then finish a short or long rest to use your channel divinity again
2: never mind then never mind
1: so to set the scene we left last session off with three distinct locations all converging on one at the center of this dangerous situation are Yovan and the bandit prisoner seth last session When our party was split up, Seth was lost, but Jovan found him near the very end, curled up in a corner, crying. Part maybe a little bit unhinged. In front of them is possibly what they think might be a dire stag bear, but one that has been changed. To set the exact scene, Jovan you are 40 feet from this dire stag bear. And Seth is 10 feet in front of you, crawling towards you. Faleth and Melian, you're the next closest group. Mm-hmm. You are 50 feet from Ylva, so a total of 90 feet from the dire stag bear. Your path is being illuminated by the small glowing orb of light. That the that Gunborg and Janice referred to as Jeffrey last session. And even farther away, Kawari, you have just discovered the clearing that has the stump in it. The one referred to by the bandits and by the map.
2: I am so sad about having this area.
1: You're so sad about what?
2: About having to leave this area. I found it. The thing we're looking for.
3: I mean, just remember which direction you came from.
2: I feel like this is a bizarre magical forest, and it will not be where I think it is later.
3: Maybe with, like, leaving a lantern on top of it or something?
2: Hmm. I can't see in the dark. Oh, okay. well, when it gets to my turn, I'll give it some thought. Jovan and Sath. The dire
1: stag bear sadly did succeed in getting the highest initiative. So that's where this combat is going to begin.
5: Off to a great
0: start. Yeah, yeah.
1: Jovan, you hold the rope that is attached around Seth's hands. The one that your mage hand had tied to him only a few minutes ago. Maybe even mere seconds. You've telekinetically shoved him towards yourself, snapping the rope on the other side that was pulling him into the deeper into the forest. And now, a monstrous creature, something that looks like an amalgam of a bear and an elk, has come out of the woods. Only its front half great bare paws scratch against the dirt, tearing away bark as they move past the trees. And the skull of the creature almost seems to have pressed up and out of the flesh that would normally be covering it for a bleached bone color with a wicked set of Or a wicked rack of antlers above it. Seth is 30 feet from this dire stag bear. And you hear the crash and break of trees as the stag bear begins to lumber towards you its nose lifted up, sniffing the air. And as it lumbers towards you, you see over the log that Seth was hiding in front of comes another half of this beast that you didn't see before. Almost as if grafted onto this creature, the back end of it Appears to be the body of a centipede. Plates of chitin, segments, and little legs. And then there is a sudden sound a roar as it raises its head. <laughs> One paw lashes out, smashing into a nearby tree, breaking it in half. Almost towering just a few ten feet behind Seth, it opens its mouth, and from inside its mouth, what you first think is a prehensile tongue, shoots out and stabs into Seth and he cries out with, in pain.
3: I was going to ask if I could use warning to give him an AC bonus, but I'm assuming this is more narrative than that. Uh...
1: You can give him an AC
3: bonus, if you would like. Sure, okay. Um, I'll burn a trick point, and so I, I yell out in warning when I see it open in his mouth, and I, I try to pull on the rope to help give him a bit of extra momentum, and then I would give him an additional 4 to his AC if that's going to make a difference.
1: Sadly, no. As you yell out the warning, you see Seth sort of contort. He tries to pull himself out of the way. But this prehensile tongue, or perhaps a proboscis, lodges into him. And he cries out in pain. And you see him spasm. Melian, you are 50 feet away from Jovan. And you hear a strangled cry that sounds familiar. It sounds sort of like Seth. But it's also, there's a bit of almost like a gurgle behind
4: it. What do you do? Faileth, I think friend Jovan is in danger. Stay here. And then I run forward.
0: <laughs> like how I'm staying here?
4: I mean, I had no expectation that you would. You had to uh, turn it I have a javelin, and I pull it out if I have four. But most specifically, I have one that I'm going to throw at the thing. Whatever the monster thing is. This
1: unholy amalgam. And you're actually 70 feet away from the thing because it moved up 20 feet.
4: Oh, even better. In which case. I'll move 30 feet. Should get it within short range. Roll javelin,
1: and then I so will throw my javelin. So now you're 40 feet away from it.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Please throw your javelin.
4: Ho-ho! guess you first rolled its net 20. <laughs> uh, it was me, by the way. Yeah. I just crit. <laughs> <laughs> In case you were confused, do it was me. Uh, Ten whole damage. Because javelins don't do a lot of damage, even if you crit with them. Yoven, you see the
1: head of this thing looking down at Seth. Its tongue, or proboscis, its maw, whatever this prehensile, almost, appendage extending from its mouth, stabbing and pumping into Seth. And then there is a sudden cry as the thing's head sort of snaps up and you actually see the tentacle or proboscis, whatever it is, stabbed into Seth, lift his body briefly up off the ground and then slam it back down as a javelin comes sailing out of the dark and stabs into the shoulder of the beast. It is now your turn.
3: Uh, Jovan will glance over his shoulder briefly taking his eyes off Seth and look down the way to see Faileth and Melian and for a moment he he's happier than he was. Uh, you see Faileth and Melian and a
1: floating ball of light. Oh, or at maybe... least you see Melian and a floating ball of light and Faileth is probably still a bit back in the distance.
3: For a moment he considers the possibility that it's an illusion uh, that this is some sort of trick of the forest and then decides that whatever that trick is he'd rather deal with that than the centipede stag bear behind him. Um, and he's just going to take an action and dash away towards the the light and towards Melian, uh, leaving the rope and Seth
4: behind. Seems proven.
1: Abandon the prisoner.
3: Uh, yeah.
4: Like he was lucky he was alive that extra time.
3: I'm I'm just weighing it, and Yovin does not really have the capabilities needed to wrestle away a corpse from that. Or well, it might not be a corpse yet. Um, wrestle <laughs> away. Yeah. A prisoner from the stag bear. Um, that's not his repertoire.
1: That is understandable. Are you moving up to Melian? So Melian is currently 20 feet behind you,
3: or are you going to move past him? I was going to say, I misremembered that distance. I thought I was keeping careful track of that. In that case, he's not going to dash. Uh, he'll simply move up to Melian, and while doing so, um, pull his crossbow, turn towards the thing, and try to plant a shot beast's other shoulder so that's going to be a 16 after modifier
1: that's after all the modifiers yes your bolt zings past it into the
4: forest melian tell me something only melian would know uh, your house is weird and i don't not scottish your <laughs> your house is very strange uh, friend yovan uh, It's good to see you and then he's going to turn his face back to
3: see what happens to seth And that's my turn.
1: We're going to flip a bit farther away from this battle to Kawari next. Okay. Kawari, you hear in the distance. A few moments ago you heard Faleth yell something. Mm -hmm. And then you heard a roar. A resounding roar that Mm. just echoed through the forest. It sounded like a bear. But... Like a bear butt. <laughs> a bear that has been tr- horribly changed. Something is wrong.
2: And I can't see anything. I can only hear.
1: Yes, you can only hear.
2: Um, is there a path that leads in the direction of the sounds? No. I'm not supposed to leave the path, but my friends are apparently screaming, and Quarry hasn't had the same weird, tricky woods experiences that everybody else had except for getting separated in a fog, which seems like a thing that could happen, so I think they are going to go charging off in the direction that they hear the noise and um probably are not at all concerned about being stealthy or cautious, and if anything, are hoping that the broken branches and a trail that they leave will help lead them back to this place that they need to find. Okay.
1: Are you going to just a dash in the direction of the sound?
2: If it is that far away, then yes, I will totally dash.
1: Can you give me a perception check just to make sure that you're going in the right way?
2: Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, that is a 12.
1: You're fairly confident that you're going in the correct direction.
2: Oh, good. Yes, I feel very... <laughs> I'm gonna. Sorry, guys. I wanted to help, but I'm going to be <laughs> lost in the forest, and you're going to have to come save me.
4: That is all right. Million will rescue you as well.
2: <laughs> good. I might need it. Yeah, I guess that's my turn. And with
1: that, faileth. You are currently 70 feet from the creature. 30 feet from your companions.
0: All right. Faelith is going to run up to Melian and Yelven and look at the dire stag there and you'll, Ay, Ugly monster face! That guy was going to be my new best friend! How dare you! And that is Vicious Mockery. So he needs to give me a wisdom saving throw. Does a nine succeed? No. <laughs> so uh, he has been viciously mobbed. This bear is feeling very attacked. Um, and he now uh, has disadvantage on the next on his next attack roll and takes a whopping one damage. But of course the disadvantage is the more important part of that spell.
3: Oh yeah, the disadvantage is absolutely welcome. And to be fair, you still could be best friends with Seth. People dying has not really slowed you down previously.
0: Oh no, but I'd have to take bits of him with me to keep him as my best friend. Mm. Which I've definitely done before, but Melian doesn't really like it.
4: Mm -mm -mm. I tend to like her to bury people like properly. And I would like you know compromise.
0: I mean, I'll take some teeth. Obviously, I always take a few teeth. But uh, <laughs> but I would, you know, I'd take, like, his foot, or sometimes the head, or an arm. The head's the best. Like, usually bringing the head keeps the spirit strongly with me longer. Uh, the right hand,
1: been... the femur bone, the yeah. head.
0: Some good bits. But yeah, uh, for some reason, and she still has not been able to figure out why, Melian gets, like, upset when she does that. So she's been trying to do it less.
2: Does she suspect it's jealousy? I mean, it's gotta be, right? What else could it possibly be? Millian just doesn't
0: understand that he's her brother, and that absolutely trumps best friend. That's so sweet.
1: <laughs> now we're on to Seth's turn. You see his face, contorted in pain, look up towards you guys. He seems to be trying to crawl to pull himself away from the creature. And as he is, you can almost see the color draining from his face. And then there is a sickening slurp. No. You almost feel as if a vacuum has been turned on. <laughs> and he sort of convulses and collapses. Yuck. You see the proboscis stabbed into him. Withdraw and pull back up into the mouth ma- into the mouth looking as if it were a tongue and Yuck. we don't want to be a juice box
4: provide my own straw thank you
1: and the creature begins to sniff the air again
4: can we see its eyes through the skull
1: no i'll get you to roll a perception check on your turn for that you see it sniffing the air it clearly knows something is there and then it lets out another roar and lashes out, smashing down another tree and another. And it moves about ten feet closer to you guys. And Melian, it is back to your turn.
4: Well, Melian's like, well, I can, I can keep throwing javelins uh, and remain outside of its close combat range, but I am less effective from here. Do we care about the bandits' body? Because Melian is convinced the guy's dead.
0: I mean, I'd want some teeth to remember him by... If
4: we're getting closer to that thing, we might be joining him. Javelin it is. And then Melian will do that cool thing where he pulls the javelin out of the little case on his back and then flips it. You know, like spins it in his hand. He draws back and then throws it. Uh, a modified 20 this time to hit.
1: Your javelin sings through the air and it will sort of arc a bit and it will come down wedging between one of the segments between its legs on the larger back portion of the creature how much damage
4: do you do seven
1: the creature will let out a keening sort of sound and its head whips back and forth Jovan, it is your turn
3: so, after noticing that it's sniffing the air and not charging directly towards us, I'm going to make that perception check you asked for. not even bothering to burn trick points on that. That's a two. Um, I'm definitely more focused on the teeth than the eyes. Like, I, I tried to look, but I just got distracted by the... As you were
1: staring at its mouth, you almost thought that you saw the end of the tongue? It looked almost more like a lamprey's mouth.
3: That would do it. That would do it. Definitely really hard to... Classic, my eyes are up here, except it's a stag, bear, centipede, alien. Um. Okay. Uh, have you guys seen Corey? Was she with you? Uh, no.
0: Nah, she's not with you.
3: No. And the guards?
0: I assume they're dead.
3: Well, that's a fair judgment.
0: Haven't seen any of their ghosts, though, so there's still a chance.
3: Hey. Melian, what do you think of that creature? are rods.
4: through it away. Uh, difficult to tell from here.
3: And before
1: Melian can say anything more, let's flip over to Kawari. Kawari, you are stumbling, or charging, blindly through the forest. Mm-hmm. Can you give me another perception check, as you hear it roar once more?
2: Oh. Are you sure I need to do that?
1: so that everyone that's listening is aware I'm treating Kawari finding the group as a skill challenge so it is based off the number of successes and mm-hmm. or failures mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. for how
1: this results
2: oh, I'm doing really well uh, that, that's 3 actually... I'm coming
4: and then we never saw Kawari again
2: <laughs> we'll just start rolling up a new character now
4: we'll, we'll just we'll believe three sessions from now when you're still rolling perception checks this future <laughs>
2: still lost in the forest.
1: Faileth. it's your turn.
2: Right.
0: Um, So I am going to look at Melian, and I'm gonna touch his arm and say, hey, you can kick that thing's arse. I believe in you. Uh, uh, And he has guidance now. So, uh, Melian, you can roll a d4 and add that number to any ability a check of your choice for the next minute nice uh, and then I'm gonna look back over at it and go can it not see us why hasn't it like rushed over and stuck its tongue thing in our stomachs and you know eaten our vital organs
4: <laughs> no, <That> was... full. <laughs> what tongue thing
0: the thing the, the, the sticky tongue thing that uh stuck inside of say and slurped him up
4: oh I right. I did not see that. I Wait, there's a tongue thing? I was throwing a javelin. Takes a lot of concentration.
0: I'm not gonna lie, it looks pretty gruesome. Like, I'm not afraid of dying, but I don't particularly want to die like this.
4: Hmm. Good to know.
0: As Faileth yammers on, the... And on and on.
1: (laughs) Dire stag bear creature whatever this is whips its head about and it stops and its gaze if it did have eyes comes to rest looking at your group
5: do you reckon it can hear us
1: and its tongue is going to lash out and it's going to move closer to you guys so uh oh i definitely think
0: it can hear us
1: so that everyone is aware, it is now ten feet from you guys, and uh, its tongue is going to lash out towards uh, Oh.
0: You guys, I think I can hear me!
1: Uh, it's just
0: a guess, though!
1: Does a fourteen hit you?
0: That matches my AC, yes. I'm a squishy bard child.
1: Its proboscis is going to latch onto you it's gonna lash out and latch onto your arm and luckily it's only gonna deal eight piercing damage to you
0: ow i think this tongue has teeth
1: and with its other with its claw it's going to lash out but it's not going to hit you guys and it hits a nearby tree just smashing that down
0: well that's nice A faileth yes
1: so that you are aware how this works While the proboscis is attached, the target is restrained if it attempts to move farther than fifteen feet from the creature. So you are currently—it's
0: touching me, which means I you're currently.
1: Yes, you can. You are currently (laughs) ten. You're currently ten feet from it, but you're actually also zero feet from it because it's attached to you.
2: Brilliant.
1: Uh, And for those wounds, (laughs) motherfucker. And the. Probiscus has it's does have an AC I'm treating it sort of like an object or a, another creature even excellent or maybe it's a parasite that ate out its tongue and replaced
4: it oh
1: that's right, gross and with that
4: melian it's your turn Man, none of this none of this is getting better how fail how concerned do you look about this thing that is now attached to you
0: I mean it hurt a little bit but mostly it's just super gross
4: if it's worth anything, Yelven is extraordinarily concerned on her behalf. And he's... <laughs> it's just her reaction was like, ow. So Melian's like, well, I guess it doesn't hurt that much. Um,
0: it, I mean, it didn't. It's just, ew, there's a tongue thing on me.
4: Yovan
3: looks like uh, he's panicking. If you to look at him and not her, you'd assume <laughs> that she got right through like the gut or something.
0: <laughs> oh Yelven. I didn't know you cared.
4: So yeah, Melian will draw his sword and move into his Shield down off his shoulder. And then step into melee range of the actual thing, and stab it super hard with his sword with a 17.
1: Are you attacking the creature or the tongue? The creature. Okay.
4: It sat, it seemed like she didn't she didn't seem that that put out by it honestly.
1: Okay. A 17 will hit.
4: All right. In which case, the thing takes. 7 whole points of slashing damage from my longsword.
1: Your blade slices across it. It actually your blade slices at one of the legs underneath it. And it begins to ooze. And Yoven, it is now your turn.
3: All right, Yoven's going to draw the hatchet that Melian gave him um, what seems like weeks ago, but was actually close to two days. Uh, and he's going to take a swing at the tongue, that little parasite thing. That's currently extending between the creature and Phelous. Um, And despite being absolute trash at it, he rolls a 19.
1: That will hit.
3: Uh, after modifiers, that is also a 19. Um <laughs> <laughs>
4: D d6 slashing.
3: Yep. Um, and that is a 5 damage. So you uh, cut into it? I, I figure like he cuts into it like enough to embed it in there and just lets go entirely. And then pulls back on his crossbow and with his bonus action uh, pops a shot into the creature itself. A 15 after modifier.
1: Ah, that will not hit. Uh,
3: sorry, so proficiency. That is a um, sorry, 17. Brain temporarily. That, that was a thing.
1: That will hit.
3: I need to look it up. And that's going to be a four, uh, seven damage.
1: You guys like dealing sevens. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Lucky sevens. Apparently. Like. Uh, with a flourish, he pulls the hatchet out from his belt, embeds it into the creature's tongue. He's a little bit dismayed that it's the tongue doesn't seem to be any less attached. Um, Swatched tactics, taking a step backwards and firing a shot off towards the creature itself. And then that's his turn.
1: Kuari. In the depths of the forest, you can hear the sounds of possibly your friends fighting and the roaring of this creature. Mm-hmm. Please continue running. I will. What do you get?
2: Um First I'm wondering, does Cory feel like they should have been there by now?
1: Not necessarily. This forest is echoey.
2: <laughs> um, it's the <a> net one. <laughs> so that's two. Um, yeah, that's. Bye, guys. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna get. I don't know. I'm gonna fall into a hole, sprain my ankle. Um, be oh, eaten Corey. by a sentient swamp. Uh, something I like awful. like the
4: entire swamp of sentient. That's my favorite part.
2: <laughs> it's just this whole monster that lies in wait to <laughs> absorb people.
4: For people who get that lost.
2: Yeah. Noted.
5: Write
1: about a sentient swamp. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Does anything, uh, immediately awful happen? Can you...
1: Please make a wisdom saving throw. Oh,
2: no. Oh, hey, guys. You know what? That is a 22.
4: Hey, that's not too sharp. The curse broken. Oh, there go.
1: As you charge blindly ahead, your light briefly catches on a couple trees.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: The trees look sickly. Oh. As you are starting to run towards this grove of trees, you suddenly remember these trees looking very similar to the one that fell on you.
2: Oh! I don't want to go anywhere near those. I'm are you stop? going to
1: come to a full stop?
2: Yeah, I'm going to stop and listen to, to see if I really do... Like, maybe I can go around the trees. I'll stop and listen for the sounds of the roaring or fighting, but also kind of look around me to see if I could go around the sickly trees.
1: So we'll leave you there in that grove. Oh, good. Watching, looking around, trying to determine if there's anything. Faelith, you have a proboscis stabbed into pleased
0: you. about it. Faelith looks down at the proboscis on her and goes, Hey, that's my arm. No one gave you permission to touch that. I think that you're going to have to taste a little bit of your own medicine. And I'm going to cast Inflict Wounds. And don't do anything.
1: (laughs) So, Faelith, as you begin to intone Inflict Wounds, there is a sudden feeling of like a rush to your head and you sway on your feet as you lose 13 hit points due to blood loss
0: oh Melian, I don't like this
1: faileth has definitely paled even more than usual and is sort of swaying is maybe even almost falling to one knee a bit and then this creature is going to swing its paw because there's someone in me Mm-hmm. It's me, it's me. A 21 hits? That sure does. It will deal 12 slashing damage as its claws as its claw slashes out across you.
4: Ouch. That, the fact that its slashing damage will be useful later, but it isn't currently useful?
1: Well, it is now your turn, Melian.
4: Faileth, are you alright? No. Uh, so Melian, I, I, Melian's gonna take a look back and see how Faileth looks. Would you like me to do a perception check to do a visual evaluation
1: of So, you actually can even, like as Faileth was hurt you almost felt it you felt something suddenly go very wrong as if like the whole world sort of twisted and turned the poles oh. switching directions
4: Oh, well I mean if I have a deep and abiding sense that Faileth is in mortal danger I know what that means Uh, (laughs) yes
0: it's time for pretty hair as
4: soon as as soon as uh, Phela says no in that pitiable voice uh, Melian turns to the monster and says let my sister go (laughs) Uh, turns into a roar as Melian sort of drifts up off the ground Uh, his arms shoot out to his sides white fur springs up all over his body his hair Uh, turns into a a giant white mane his features elongate into the features of a a white lion Uh, he seems to sort of because it's very dark he almost glows that's how white his fur is at which point he drops back down to the ground and just stabs the thing Uh, but now enraged and just roaring like a like a lion really and that's a 17 hit again
1: are you going to recklessly attack
4: that's a good point I should try that I mean obviously in which case it's still a 17 because I got a 16 that's the other roll
1: that still hits.
4: Well then, uh, that is eight points of slashing damage.
1: Is that with the plus to damage? Yeah,
4: that includes the yeah, the plus two bonus okay. from my rage.
1: Pad check, wanted to be helpful. I appreciate that. As your transformation takes effect, these ghostly armored figures form around you. Do you need to use a bonus action to activate them, or is it because you've attacked the creature, does their effect
0: happen?
4: Uh, the first creature you hit with an attack in your turn becomes the target of the warriors which hinders attacks so yeah until the start of my next turn the target, I don't have to do anything the target just has disadvantage on any attack roll that isn't against me
1: with that as these spectral fi- figures form and you bring your blade now enhanced and transformed into your bestial state and filled, filled with rage down across the creature it is Jovan's turn the proboscis of this creature is still stabbed into faileth and Melian has transformed again, this time much closer to you. White fur covering his form, and ghostly spectral warriors that almost look like knights in plate mail join him in his assault. Your hatchet is still buried into the proboscis. What do you do?
3: Yelvin's gonna take a look at the creature and size it up and then look back at uh, faileth uh, noticing that she looks much paler and much less steady on her feet. And deciding the creature's been well, not just in good hands he's going to take the hatchet again and start hacking at the tongue. Uh, and it's gonna be a 10 and I'm not gonna bother to use trick points to try to increase that. So,
1: Sadly, no. That will not hit. So as you... Strike it, you have either got so turned around by fear and like pulling the hatchet out, uh, but as you pulled the hatchet out, it sort of turned around in your hand and you tried to bring it down, but you brought one at the blunted edge of it. Oops. Which just sort of rippled along the creature.
3: Fair enough. And if I understand correctly, Melian already has advantage. He's currently raging, correct? Or was he...
1: He has an ability to recklessly attack each turn.
3: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, I might save him from using it, since he's going to be presumably taking some of the primary focus of the creature. Um, I'm going to use a trick point in order to help him as a bonus action. Um, And we'll flavor that as guiding the mage hand to just carefully uh, guide his strikes, make sure that he's striking true.
1: I do have one query for you. Uh, Do you want to help Melian, or do you want to help Faelith? Faileth? hasn't gone yet this round. Melian has.
3: If I understand correctly, most of Faileth is uh, saves, not... Uh, attack spells, and not, with the exception of. No, actually, I think all the spells I've seen with use have all been save spells. Am I am I wrong?
0: Except for my good spell, which I rolled a nat one on and failed on in my last turn.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, if you have another one of those, I will happily help you instead. I have but...
0: one left. I have one good spell left. I think. Wait, do I have more spells? I don't think so. Well, in
3: that case, um, yeah. Yeah, I'll help fail Um Just a hand on her shoulder to, to keep her steady. Well, we
0: have two more of those. i ready. I have three second-level spells now.
3: Uh, and instead of trying to damage the, the proboscis with the axe, I'll instead um, try to hold it in place and stop it from thrashing around, giving her the chance to do what she needs to
1: do. As... Jovan starts to try and steady it our scene skips away cutting to Kawari in the woods standing in the middle of a glade the trees around her looking sickly different and as your light sort of passes out amongst the trees you think you catch a little bit of movement as so you go past a tree and then you draw back onto it light from your uh, this makeshift bullseye lantern fixing on the tree. And you think you almost see the bark of this tree move. Oh, until man. the color begins to drain away into a sort of tan beige.
5: Hmm.
1: With yellow rings and rings also of a deep indigo. Ooh. There is a Arboreal octopus Attached to this tree And almost as if you think It's speaking to you Conveying some kind of idea You see it take One of its eight tentacles
5: mm-hmm.
1: It points it at you And then mm-hmm. it points in a direction
2: <laughs> Okay
1: And in that moment idiot. You almost You Remember suddenly very vividly a scene when you were learning hunting from your mother and she said something along the lines of the most direct route is quite often not the most optimal
2: hmm. okay um, with this memory Corey remembers being taught a great many things by her mother. And so she takes, sorry, they take a moment to uh, look around them and to listen. And before they follow in the direction that the octopus is pointing and um, they will, I guess, bow to the octopus and say, thank you, in giant before heading on their way.
1: As you say, thank you. It sort of draws its tentacle back and points again.
2: <laughs> okay, Quarry starts running.
1: And with that, as Quarry runs out of that glade, we'll
0: switch over to Faelith. Uh Faelith is going to close her eyes for a minute and go, I'm not meant to be supper. Somebody help me! And she's going to reach out to her ghost pals. Who does she get? The Avenger. I I get the Tale of an Avenging Knight. And whenever a creature the target can see within 30 feet of it is damaged by a creature, the target can use its reaction to deal force damage equal to a roll of your Bardic Inspiration die. Awesome.
1: You don't get a tail. You hear a song that begins to play in your head. It's a song you know very well. It's a song known as Oh Black Night. And it is the song of Alaid Castle a castle that used to stand hundreds of years ago when all of the lands were united as one kingdom. Aelid Castle was lain low by a knight who had once stood at the king's right hand dispensing justice for the king. But the king had done something, something heinous, something dark, something that wounded and hurt the very soul of this knight. And the night disappeared. The song, as you hear it in your mind, it sings of the night's return, of a night that had once been pure, now so much darker. A knight who would bring down the castle with words and guile. But when the words and guile did not sway them, brought it down with tricks and hate. But knowing that not everyone would fall to tricks and hate, the knight poisoned the guards of the king. And she killed the king. She watched the kingdom fall down around her, And that avenging song begins to fill you and you almost feel as if just at the edge of existence, that black knight is waiting for you to
0: order her to strike. Bolstered by having this knight on her side, faileth, uh, Wraps her hands around the proboscis and pulls, casting another inflict wounds, the dark tendrils, uh, magic seeping from her fingers as her eyes go black. And remember, roll with
2: advantage.
0: Ooh, I get to roll again.
2: Or should that be with adventure?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a 19. Plus seven. That will hit. <laughs> All right. I get to do 3d10. 22 necrotic
1: damage. As you sink your hands around the proboscis
0: and... Oh, wait, wait. I'm casting it at second level. Ooh. So I get to uh, roll one more. Ooh. For 29 total damage.
1: So you are going to destroy this proboscis
0: describe it. Necrotic energy seeps out of Thaelith. The guise of the innocent young elf left behind making her seem like some sort of creature from beyond. Sort of unknowable and dark. Her eyes go completely black and she, as she pulls on the proboscis, it disintegrates in her hand. The portion of the
1: proboscis that didn't disintegrate away lashes in the air, blood streaming from it. And the creature shrieks. And as it does, it is going to use its reaction. to, re- And as it does, you see the hairs on it stand up on end. And it, the whole creature sort of... Bucks, and as it does, the fine hairs from it break off and begin to spiral in the air. Can everyone please give me a constitution saving throw as Verticating bristles fly into the air? Everyone except Kawari.
3: I what's about to say, Um, So I'm going to toss out Warning to um, Faelith to give her plus four on that, and I rolled an 18.
0: Yay. Uh, Emelian, don't forget you've got Guidance.
4: Right. Uh, Sorry. What am I... I tuned out for one second, and then suddenly I realized I was supposed to roll something, and I don't remember what it was. Constitution saving throw. Constitution saving throw. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, and add a d4.
4: Uh, Well, I got a 19 uh, before the d4.
0: I guess save that
4: decoy? Uh, but I'll add the four that I just rolled for a 23, just in case.
1: Melian and Jovan, as these bristles and pieces of hair and dander begin to float and fly off this creature as it shakes and shudders while it screams and blood sprays from the desiccating end of its rotting tongue, proboscis thing. You notice that where the hairs sort of touch you, it, it almost there's a bit of a burning sensation. But faileth, as you channel that power and let out some kind of almost an unearthly wail, afterwards you breathe in. And you breathe in some of these. So you are poisoned. Well for one minute. So, poisoned, it means you have disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls. And as these hairs sort of fly off of it, you see them begin to already start to disperse. The damage done. And with that, we are now at the It's turn. At the top of the initiative order once more. And it no longer can attack with its proboscis so it is going to make two claw attacks, both at Melian. And Melian, you attacked recklessly last time, right?
4: I did, but it hasn't actually used. it I don't think it's it's taken the uh, disadvantage that it got from from Phelith's whatever yet.
1: Okay, so that will cancel that out out for the first attack. Uh, yeah. So for the first attack, uh, it got a fourteen.
4: Uh, Don't think that hits. Yeah. It does not.
1: Okay. Now for its second claw attack. Second claw attack is a 21.
4: That will hit, yeah.
0: 11 slashing damage. As Melian is hurt by this damage, my avenging knight appears and smacks the thing for four forks damage.
1: Excellent, and you can and you get to keep that up for one whole minute.
0: I so sure do. The entire
1: time you're poisoned. <laughs> Maybe poisoned, but I've got a kick-ass ghost on my side. So, how I'll describe this is that as one paw lashes out and smashes into a tree, the other comes down and just grazes against you. Probably breaking apart one of the spectral guardians that is helping you fight before your, that guardian begins to reform. And as the tips of its claws come close enough to scratch you, a figure garbed in black armor briefly flickers into existence and stabs the blade into the side of it before flickering out of existence. And with that, it is your turn, Melian.
4: Uh, Melian, still enraged beyond words, will continue to roar at it and will attack again recklessly. A uh, twenty-three that hits. In which case, he takes what six whole damage points? That with the plus two? Yeah, <laughs> I rolled a I rolled a four. I rolled a two my damage dice, plus my two strength, plus the extra cube.
1: It's a lot of twos! <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah.
1: As you slash across it, you're mostly cutting into like some of the legs, like the centipede legs under it and the chitinous areas of it. Uh, hmm. To explain why it's dealing a bit less damage. And as you're cutting into it, it's yoven's turn.
3: Uh, so Yovin concerned about Phaelith but there's no probiscus anymore and there's not much else he can do here turns his attention back to the creature and uh seeing that Melian is struggling to cut through the hide um he pulls out his crossbow once more and fires off two shots in rapid succession uh first one is a nat 1 so that uh, <laughs> doesn't do a whole lot do, does it break can I make the second shot or
1: it does not break okay we're not doing a critical fumble.
3: Oh, well, I mean, I rolled a three for my second one, so clearly something went wrong. Now He fires, something jams and twists. Uh, he loads on their bolt, pulls it back, and the thing clicks back into place, and the bolt he's trying to load goes flying. Um, and he's fumbling with it. To be fair, this is a situation a little bit outside of his experience. so.
1: Your bolt sings out, uh, and actually goes... Through two of the spectral spirit, like warriors that have formed near Melian, breaking their heads apart before their heads start to reform, and embeds itself in a tree. And quietly mumbles that, under his
3: breath, I "Was aiming for the tree. I was aiming for the tree." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and with that, we will cut to Kawari Kawari what do you do?
2: I continue running in the the direction that the orboreal octopus pointed me. So as you take another dash action,
1: you break through some cover, and you are standing 20 feet from the group. So you are Uh now 30 feet from the monstrosity.
2: Uh, Is it ahead of me? Okay, and I didn't expect to get here so
3: soon. <laughs> I like to imagine as the bolt went singing, it lodged itself into a tree directly in front of Quarry's face, just for.
1: Yes, <laughs> no. let's go with that. What? At Quarry, as you are just coming out, yeah. There is suddenly a crossbow bolt that just slams into a tree next to you. Oh, maybe almost grazing your. If you had hair, it may have parted your hair.
2: I, I'm i glad I don't. <laughs> um...
1: And there is just a Yovan looking at you, or at the tree next to you, with a look of abject horror on his face. And for this moment, you are able to actually take in the creature that is there in front of you. In front of you is a horrific amalgamation of... bear... Stag and insect. Mm -hmm. As if the once majestic creature had been twisted and enlarged, combining the ferocious traits of the natural stag bear with the cruel insidiousness of an insect.
2: I think I'm going to... Unsling my lance and uh, get ready to move forward to attack the creature. I I don't have any range things that I can do. So.
1: And you did just dash, so you are
2: at the end of your movement. That's correct. So I have no actions. I have no bonus actions that would be useful. So I I have found you, and that is satisfactory. I shall end my turn.
4: Satisfactory is how I always hope I am. Hmm. <laughs>
1: And with that, it is Faileth's turn.
0: Faileth is feeling a little better now that she's got a ghostly pal. Uh, she's going to push herself to her feet, swaying a little, since she is very low on blood and poisoned, which she's not loving. And look at the creature and say, I've seen a lot of messed up things in my life, but you're just Wrong. And she's going to cast Bane on it. So now, whenever it... it and it must make a charisma saving throw. Ooh.
4: It
1: has a I minus imagine th- this
4: thing's really good at charisma. It
1: has a yeah. minus two to charisma. So uh, that is it a bear. four.
0: It fails. Uh, and now... The targets must roll a d4 and subtract the number from attack rolls or saving throws for the next minute. The next minute, and it is concentration. Excellent. Yes. And then I am going to turn and look at Quarry and say, "Hey, you made it! That's great!" Uh, And give her bardic inspiration. And with that, it now
1: turns to the dire stag bear's turn, or at least this horrific creature that you think might be one and it is going to lash out with its claws and I will remember to uh Brian last turn Melian attacked recklessly again
4: he sure did yep so you have advantage
1: I have advantage but I minus 4 from whichever is the highest I minus a d4 from the highest one so it is a 28 to hit 19 slashing damage though
4: That's fine, I'm resistant.
1: Second
0: attack. Wait, he took damage. My ghost gets you attack. Ooh, and that is six force damage. Eat that.
1: The spectral black knight forms once more and her blade sinks into it. Uh, The second one uh, ultimately is an 11, so that will not hit. So its first attack comes down on you, almost very narrowly, almost. Causing a very debilitating blow, almost bringing its full paw down on top of you. Which may have, which possibly would have crushed you had it come down fully. Uh, But you were able to step slightly out of the way in time. It was just weakened enough by Pheleth's magic. The second blow, on the other hand, as the Black Knight struck into it. its paw went wild, swiping out at the ghostly projections instead of Melian.
4: Well Melian is not enjoying being hit by this thing so he roars at it some more and then strikes it recklessly with his long sword in an effort to kill it faster. That's a 21 to hit. that hits. Haha! <laughs> 12 points of slashing damage this time.
1: Your blade cleaves uh, through two of its legs. But it's a centipede, it has a lot.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Or at least its lower half is a centipede. It's like a bear, stag, centipede, centaur.
4: I mean, way better than being a bear, stag, millipede, centaur. Another yeah, try- order of magnitude more.
1: Note
0: Next stag bear fight <laughs> if it's been mutated. <laughs> Except that centipedes are poison and millipedes are harmless.
4: But they have a, they have a thousand more legs.
0: Yeah, but they're just cute and they can crawl all over you whereas the centipedes, if it fights you, could Ooh. actually kill you if it's the wrong kind.
4: I mean disagree about the cute thing, but otherwise.
2: I mean I, I used to play so with millipedes. As, but I feel like centipedes look scarier than millipedes. Centipedes
0: are littler usually, and centipedes, like I said, are poison. There's these blue ones in Hawaii that bit my mom once, and her arm swelled three times its normal size and Mm. turned black. Oof. Centipedes are awful. And that's my centipede story.
1: And with that interesting tidbit, we will flip over to Jovan, who is handling a crossbow that is very cross with him.
3: Uh, All right. So where exactly is Quarry in relation to the creature? How far away is she?
1: Quarry is 30 feet from the creature currently.
3: Okay, so she can comfortably get to it in a single movement. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to do something tremendously clever, but I think the best thing to do here is just to continually fill it full of bolts, if I'm able. Um, so he's going to take a little more care this time, carefully inspect it, and then load up for another two shots. Firing into the creature. Um, the first one is a 9, so clearly he didn't do something... Well, 13 after modifier... Or sorry after modifiers doesn't matter. It's a miss, and the second one is a 19. That will hit. Finally tunes it so it's actually working. Uh, he'll know not to store it like that again. And then he checks in doing one damage. So it's not a perfect shot, <laughs> but <laughs> he's warming up.
1: The bolt like sings out. It looks like it's going straight for the skull. Like, it's it could go straight through. There are no eye sockets. Why did I fi- Why did you fire where there was an eye socket? There are no eye sockets. And it just embeds there. Perfect. <laughs> the creature lets out a roar, and Kawari, it is your turn.
2: To tell my millipede story? Yes. Once upon a time, I was staying at a place, and I was about ready to go to bed. And just before I laid down, I noticed there was a millipede on my pillow. Oh. And then... I couldn't go to bed until I could find some earplugs to put in, because I'm sure a millipede wouldn't crawl in your ears, except for I just was really sure that a millipede would crawl in my ears. So, Mm -hmm. anyway. Because you just watched Wrath of Khan. (laughs) 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 Right. So, I am going... Actually, I have a question for Cass first. You know, we'd say wipe you off the face of the earth. Would they say wipe you off the face of a venti, or would they say wipe you off the face of... Ibris.
1: You'd probably say wipe you off the face of this land. Aventai as a continent name isn't exactly generally used or widely known. It would be mostly known by academics. Oh, and okay. Ibris, uh, it would be even less known. Okay. Uh
2: well then we'll go with that. Alright, so I am going to use my bonus action to do my vow of enmity. Which is one of my channel divinity options. Um Oh, no, wait. Nope, nope, nope. I'm going to move first. Sorry. I'm going to move up. Um... You better be sorry. (laughs) How dare you? I'm just learning still. I've never used this before. Quarry will move up to the creature and will stop, I don't know, seven feet-ish. I want to be a little bit more than five feet away because if I am within five feet with my lance, I have disadvantage on my attack. And the Vow of Enmity is a creature I can see within ten feet of me. So Quarry will say... By soul, I swear I will wipe your unnatural existence from this land, and then we'll uh, thrust forward with the lance. And the vow of enmity gives me advantage on attack rolls against the creature for one minute or until it hits zero hit points. And that is going to be a twenty-four hit.
1: That hits.
2: That is 11 points of damage.
1: So Quari comes charging up to the creature, vowing to expunge it from existence, and sinks their lance into it. As Melian, as you're slashing at it, it sort of raises itself up a bit, and Quarry is able to stab the lance right underneath it. Nice. And with that, it's Faelith's turn.
0: Faileth is ready for this to be done, and she is going to use Shatter. So she looks at this creature and says, yeah, Kari's got the right idea. Let's get rid of this thing. Um, and I am putting my 15 foot radius sphere right on that thing's back so that it's like, Getting it, but not Melian and Quarry.
1: So, imagine that it's, like, a centipede body that goes off deeper into the woods. And then it, like, a centaur rises up with, like, the upper half of a bear. So are you, like, putting it where the sphere is, like, hitting its back and the... never mind. Um,
0: I thought I clicked on Shattered, but I clicked on Zone of Truth. I'm like, I don't remember Shatter being a sphere spell before, but sure. Um, no, I just attacked Uh, I am still putting it uh, so that the 10-foot radius does not include Milan and Quarry, and they must make a constitution saving throw. Okay, so you're still using shatter? I am using shatter, I'm just not using a 15-foot sphere zone like I thought I was. (laughs) Instead it's a 10-foot sphere? It's a 10-foot radius, yes.
1: And it is baned still, so... It sure is baned. Oh, this is going to be hilarious. Thanks to your bane, it got a four. Rolled a four, got a four. It had a bonus
0: four. (laughs) It's going to take 20 thunder damage. Her hand shoots out and just a wave of pure force and loud ringing energy blasts into this thing. (laughs) Boom, baby.
1: There's a brief moment of silence and then a peal like the sound of the veil between worlds being torn and a force of sound just explodes out across this luckily its body is interposed between Melian and Quarry and Faleth and Joven as the sound just explodes out and the creature reels shrieking and you can actually see some trees in the distance behind it illuminated by the glowing orb that is floating near uh, melian and the creature some of the trees are smashed and thrashed as it the as its body bucks in the forest behind it and with that it is its turn and it is In its rage, is going to spin around and it's actually going to try to flee from you guys. Being a beast does not know how to disengage, so it is going to try and dash away from you guys. It's going to try and. So it's. You see, it is having a. It has a really hard time trying to turn and move away from you because it basically needs to walk its long body out past you think of the game snake Alrighty, and as it does you have a chance for opportunity attacks if you would like to use your reaction yeah
2: heck yeah would love to
0: i've never used my weapon what weapon do i even have bone pick bone pick that's right
1: melian you are uh the next one in initiative order so would you like to make an opportunity attack against it
4: i sure would i rolled a 23 that hits in which case, it takes five points of damage.
1: And remember, you have a reckless attack, even mm-hmm. for.
4: Okay, no, on. I rolled. On, I rolled with advantage. Okay. Uh, however, on. I did. I did, and I added my bonus because I only rolled three damage, so it only takes five slashing damage.
1: After that, uh, Yovin, are you able to take opportunity attacks with a ranged weapon?
3: I don't believe so. No. I don't think so.
2: Yeah, I think it's just me. My...
3: However, I do have my fist.
1: Yes, uh, you can use your reaction to bank one melee attack against the provoking creature.
3: Does a 17 hit? Yes. Uh, After modifier, it's also 17. Um, (laughs) I have two trick points left, so I'm going to burn them both on damage. I believe uh, Fist is just a D4? I think so. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I think so.
3: All right, three, D four, then. Uh, two, three, four. Um, all right. So uh, five, nine, uh, plus my modifier, so nine. Um, unless wait, are fists finesse? I don't think they are. Uh, I give me it.
1: one moment. I'm quickly looking up some things. It actually generally isn't. Most people for a melee attack using a fist when you are not a monk suggest doing a d20 plus your proficiency bonus uh, plus your strength modifier.
3: Oh, I didn't even mod- uh, add my proficiency bonus because I'm not proficient with an armed? I'm not sure if that's how that works.
1: No, they're, uh, it's just because it's like it's a natural weapon to you. Fair enough. But for damage... Uh it's one plus your strength bonus,
3: oh okay, well, that's fine, so that's gonna be um just the three and the four then, so seven eight damage with after burning the trick points
1: that is a considerable amount of damage for someone who is not a monk <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: so i get I get six points per day, and I burned a third of them on this damage <laughs> roll, so um well per per short rest
1: so you you land a punch, and actually how you land your punch is you get a punch that goes up just where Melian cut. And as Melian sort of slashed into the legs of the creature as it began go went by, your punch went up and like almost pressed one of those legs up into the soft tissue of its body.
2: Phew
1: And with that it's Kawari's turn. Well, for if you would like to do a opportunity attack
2: Oh yeah, I would definitely love to do an opportunity attack And I am going to do it with my lance, honestly. And that is going to be a 21 to hit
1: That will hit
5: Excellent
2: Four, 14 piercing damage <laughs>
1: Faileth Are you going to make right. an opportunity attack?
0: Sure, let's use this war pick that I am not proficient in. My plus zero here. Oh, this is... Nope. I assume a nine does not hit. Sadly, a nine will not hit. Did not think so. Phelith doesn't use her war pick very often. (laughs) It's just cool, because she made it out of bones. That's why she still has it.
1: The creature gets 40 feet from you but it looks like it is struggling barely holding itself together and now it is Melian's turn um
4: so if it's 40 feet from us I think the downside is I don't think I can get to it. Without throwing one of my javelins.
3: If you want to move your speed and ready an action, oh no, I can only show you five feet, that wouldn't put you close enough. Rip. Oh well. Unless you have a reach weapon? No. Heartbreaking.
4: However, Melian will cast off his longsword, um, slide his shield back up and draw his greatsword, and then dash to get ahead of it. it has to go through me again because I'm still enraged
1: your rage ends if you haven't been attacked right or yeah so
4: my rage will only end if I haven't if my turn ends and I haven't attacked a hostile creature or taken damage since my last turn
1: okay okay and it's gonna go past you so if it's still fleeing or it will attack you since you've now come and run up in front of it Mm Mm-hmm and with that it is now Jovan's turn as Yovin, you see Melian start as the creature is turning and has started to flee from you Melian just starts running alongside it and catches up in front of it to stop in front of it his blade drawn and at the
3: ready I uh, load a crossbow and cast an eye towards Phelous and delay my turn waiting to see if Melian handles it or if my attention to be better suited elsewhere
1: what is your uh, readying what situation
3: <laughs> uh, if Melian attacks and it doesn't crumple then I will take a shot at it okay um, I, I was more just delaying. is delaying your turn a separate thing from readying just putting it to the end of in it or
1: ish? I'm not, sure. uh, not so much in 5th It it's more of a house rule
3: Fair enough. In that people? case, I'll just ready. Yeah. I'll save the complication. Okay.
1: With that, Kawari, it is your turn. It is 40 oh, feet man. from you.
2: I'm going to use my bonus action to cast Hunter's Mark, and then it's 40 feet from me. Yeah. So I will move 30 feet, which is my movement speed, and then I will be 10 feet away, so I will use my lance to attack it. And that is a twenty-five to hit.
1: That will hit.
2: Oh wow, my I rolled really low on my damage. Um, even with Hunter's Mark, that is only seven damage. Please describe the end of this creature. Oh, <laughs> it, was, it started
1: to flee from you when it had about thirty hit points. At the end of the opportunity attacks, it had one.
2: Oh. Ooh. Well, I, I really think,
1: expected Faleth to kill it.
2: You know, there was the leg that Melian had hit and then Yovin punched and uh, that's an obvious weakness. So Corey would have lunged aiming for that weak spot that's already been damaged. And I imagine the, the lance sinking in and it's just kind of continuing up through part of the centipede body sort of skewering through internal organs.
1: The creature, this mutated monstrosity, flails and quakes, a roar rending out into the air. And it thrashes before it shudders and collapses. You guys have defeated the creature.
4: Woo! Yay!
2: I'm sorry it took me so long to find you. That's
0: it's not your fault.
3: You arrived exactly when you're needed. And thank you after. Rawr, 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 rawr.
2: <laughs> I have excellent news. If we are able to retrace my steps, I had found the stump.
3: I have less great news. I uh, think our prisoner is no longer with us, and I suspect the guards share his fate.
2: Do you know where their bodies are?
3: Yovan shrugs, but he glances towards the log that the creature crawled out from behind.
2: Quarry goes
1: to take a look. So, first I'll mention that there is a very trampled Seth
4: on Mm. the ground.
1: He's been trampled a couple times by this thing. So you can find his body quite easily, there's the wreckage around this. Uh, it looks like some, the, that a leg may have stepped through his skull at some
2: point. Oh yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be saving him.
1: And in the wreckage and destruction past the log, you find what looks like one of the guards, but it looks like the internal organs and all any blood have been liquefied and sucked out.
5: Great. Right.
2: I'm gonna go through his pockets to see if I can find anything that will identify him, so that when we return back to town, we can at least say what happened to this one.
3: Do you think they'll believe us?
2: Well, we have to bring back the skull for Alan, anyway. Nah. I mean, they
0: don't know the guards were even with us, so.
3: Oh yeah, there was two. There's four yeah, that came.
0: But they didn't tell anyone they
2: were coming into the forest with us. Well, we couldn't just lie. Didn't the two that went back to town bring the news?
3: Yeah, they were going to bring reinforcements.
2: Besides which, this man's family deserves to know what became of him. I suppose.
3: Oh, I, I expect we'll tell them. I just... I don't know how to say this gently. They trusted us as little as we trusted them when we split terms. I know prisoner and both guards dead.
2: Well... Everyone, as far as I can tell, knows about the dangers of the forest.
4: Aye. Aye. The skull of the dire stag bear should prove our. The, the veracity of our story.
2: I don't think we have the ability to bring the bodies out with us.
3: No, I suppose not. If anything. I'll
2: bring their teeth and then
0: I can call their shades up and they can tell. Their people what happened
4: I appreciate the effort faileth, but I suspect that would land us in more trouble rather than less.
0: but they can't they won't lie. Ghosts don't lie that often.
4: Uh, it is not the ghosts that I am worried about, or it's not the the honesty of the ghosts I'm worried about. it is their presence at all.
0: You don't think the other guys will believe their own
4: men.
2: I knew guards were corrupt. The guards are not likely to understand why you would have taken their teeth. Oh, well, I'm taking their teeth either way. Well, I... Uh... Uh, Corey just keeps going through the pockets of the... The guard to see Let's if they Let's take can... some teeth.
1: You find a locket mm. around the guard's neck... And in the pocket, you find a letter.
2: Okay. Uh, I'll take both of those.
4: Cass, are we about to feel real bad for having brought this guard with us?
2: No comment.
4: Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I find some really nice incisors.
4: Dear Martha, tomorrow I retire, and we can finally open our the farm we've always wanted. Our son will finally have the father he always deserved. <laughs> for I have saved up the gold. I have stashed it in my boot, which of course I am not wearing anymore because of the monster it. Oh,
2: good point. I'll check his boots. <laughs>
0: <You> <laughs> I appreciate boots.
3: that's the takeaway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean there's gold? Sweet! <laughs> uh, you check his boots,
1: and you check his pants, and you find a A a small, like, loaf of really hard bread. And then you also find uh, in his sock, uh, underneath his sock in the boot, one gold coin and three silver.
2: I'm going to keep all of this carefully together in one place so that I can hand it over for his family.
4: What does the letter say? I don't want
2: to know. Uh, Corey would glance at it to see if they can tell which, um, whether this is Corbin or Yeshua. But, um, I don't think they really want to read the contents. The letter begins,
1: My dearest Yeshua.
2: Okay, that's all Cory needs to know. But, for the sake of the dungeon master, who wrote the letter for us to read, would you like to make me cry? No, I,
1: I don't need to read it.
2: If no one's I mean, going to read it... I mean, Melian
4: will read... Well, oh, Wait, does Melian even know there's a letter?
2: Well, I mean, if you're... Involved in the discussion about whether or not the guards will believe us when we come back, and Corey's like looking through their stuff to be able to identify them, you would be probably be able to see that they pulled the letter out.
4: Yes, in which case, if you open it and read the very first part and then don't continue, Melian will be like, what, is, what does the letter say?
2: Well, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's addressed to Yeshua. This must be him. So we're looking for Corbin, if he's still alive.
4: And you are not going to read the letter? It may help us identify who his family is.
2: Oh, I was just going to hand it over to the guards, but I suppose we could... If you think it's important, Melian... The the less
4: the guards are involved, the better, I feel.
2: Cory will hand the letter over, and, uh... Yeah, Cory doesn't read super good, so their hesitation in reading is, I mean you can read whatever into it you want but
1: so million, as you open the letter and you begin to read through it uh, it appears to be a letter from a mother from a mother that is say- that basically goes into saying how proud she is of her son and that she can't wait to see him again soon that his little sister uh, has been so enamored by his stories and tales of catching bad guys and bringing law and helping people that she even wants to join the guard when she's older oh great and from it you can pull enough details to be able to find where Yeshua's family probably is.
4: Uh, excellent. Uh, in the gleaning of the details, Melian will show the letter to Yeoven because Yeoven has the better sense of the city.
3: Jovan uh, gently takes a letter and
4: glances over it and frowns,
3: frowns deeper. As he, uh...
1: You think you'd be able to identify it? Uh, the family appears to be somewhere in Skawgate, and they own a bakery.
3: Okay, can work with that.
1: There's a couple more details that will allow you to narrow it down pretty easily, but that's all the detail that you that I really need to give you at the moment.
3: Yeah, that's fair.
2: While the uh, reading of the letter is going on, Quarry would. Probably busy themselves doing whatever they can to well I mean there's no real way to lay the bodies to rest but probably saying some prayers to soul and are you going to leave the bodies in the forest? are you going to bury them?
3: bury them don't want whatever uh, I mean pragmatically at least we don't want the stuff in the forest to be attracted to this
2: yeah
3: it could take some time Joven pauses for a moment and turns to Faileth. I don't suppose you could speak to
0: them. Tell
3: them that we're sorry.
0: I can try. I've got some bad juice in me right now.
3: You inhaled an awful lot of whatever it was that spewed out. Where are you? And Joven once again turns his attention to Faleth. Um,
2: Perhaps I can help
4: Faileth. Or sorry, uh, <laughs> sweet heck all for medicine. Uh, <laughs> Faileth, use the healing potion that we gave you
0: should save that for when someone's
2: really hurt, right? Uh, Corey, I can call the ghosties. Cory will uh, go over and kneel down next to Faileth and take a take a look at where they were bit. Play their hand over her wound. Say a prayer to Soul for the healing of their companion, and we'll give Faileth twenty hit points, is that? Yeah, that'll get me up to twenty
0: five. I only have thirty six.
2: Okay, so that's all of my lay on hands for.
0: Sweet. That's only. And that makes me 35. Uh, Melian goes about a
4: pragmatic uh, job of bandaging all his wounds, which it turns out are many.
3: Uh, Jovan will start digging the graves and saying what prayers of soul he
4: remembers.
2: Uh, how injured is Melian?
4: Let's say. Let's imagine that if, if you use like a system of hit points to like figure out how <laughs> healthy someone was. Um, he would have started with, like, let's say, like 58, which I know is a weird number to start with, but, you know, I just like to choose weird numbers. And he has uh, 32 left.
0: Would okay. he like a cure wounds by any chance?
4: I mean, he, he wouldn't say no to it. But on the other hand, Melian is, is stoic enough to just be like, whatever, I'll fix my own wounds.
0: Faelith would know that, so she's going to come over and give him a little pat and say, here you go, pretty tiger, and you get... 14 hit points.
4: Excellent. Well, thank you.
0: And then faileth would sit on the ground and start to try to channel the spirits of at least this dead guard, if not both dead guards.
2: Uh, Cory will help dig the holes. Or hole.
0: Cast you on a performance
1: check? Yeah, give me a performance check. One thing that I will note is that this forest has been unsettling.
0: Yeah, there was a giant uh, stag bear to pee, didn't hear. <laughs> I feel
4: like this is going to go well. I see all
0: the ghosts. <laughs> Every ghost that ever lived has come to me. There's probably a lot of them here. That's a twenty-seven.
1: As you begin to invoke, you begin to see motes of light. At first, in the distance, there's only a few, and then more and more begin to appear in your vision, Faileth. Only Faileth can see these, and as you see them, they begin to form. These motes of light coming closer. Most of them, spirits that look like they've been tortured, trapped agonized, faces sunken where there still is skin for the few that have it, or hollow sockets wreathed in ethereal flame. As these ghosts come, you begin to have this sense and feeling of dread, as almost as if they come hungry for you, hungry to pour themselves into your connection and To bridge the world. And your mother, you see her throw herself up in front of you, a scintillating wall of a thousand brilliant colors shielding you from her. And they all vanish.
4: Do any of the rest of us see any of that?
1: There's a brief moment where it looks like the air in front of Phaelith distorts, and there's sort of like a shimmer that just shoots across it, and almost like surrounds your group in a sphere, and then it goes out. And when you... As it happens, the light that was Jeffrey Snuffs.
0: But, Mum, they wanted me to help them. Why did you send them away?
1: She turns and looks at you and... Hungry for you. You would not survive them. They would bleed you dry. Taking and taking. I will not have them No one will take you from me.
0: Oh. Thanks, Mum. I think there are a lot of unhappy ghosts here. I don't think a lot of people died in this forest in a good way.
3: Yeoven doesn't say much, but he glances over at the remains of the guards and nods.
2: I'm afraid I'm not surprised based on what we've seen so far. Mom says they want to eat me. Aw, oh, that sounds dangerous. Can they? They should eat up my life, eat up my power.
0: I don't know how.
2: I didn't think you normally saw those kinds of ghosts. I
0: don't. I mean, I do sometimes, but usually, I call the ones that are still themselves. There are
2: ghosts Perhaps this that forest. aren't them. Perhaps anymore. there
4: is something to the superstition surrounding this forest.
2: Cast the type of ghosts that might be haunted by paladins of soul—the bad the bad, 'er ne'er-do-well ghosts. Um, Is Phelous saying anything that would cause Quarry to think that this is a problem that a paladin of soul needs to solve? This might be a
1: haunted forest. It might have spirits of the vengeful dead.
5: Hmm.
1: So it possibly could be you personally do not have the capacity to take on oh yeah no
2: quarry is not a situation ghost hunter, of that magnitude
1: and nor do you have the expertise
2: when we get back to the church we will make a report that's all i wanted to know i wasn't gonna i know quarry doesn't have ghosts fortunately for this group so that i don't get sidetracked
1: unlike ghouls and zombies yes quarry's bread and butter Mmm, ghoul bread. Mm. Zombie butter.
2: <laughs> <Cute>.
1: <laughs> so, how many hit points did people end that fight at? Five.
3: Well, you see, he goes and approached this very pragmatically. Um, when the monster showed up, he went the other direction, unlike literally everyone else. So he's at full. He's doing great.
2: Corey spent so much of the fight lost that they didn't lose any hit points, so...
3: Hey, don't oh, walk, so, it worked.
1: So you guys could go up against another one.
3: <laughs> mm, 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 I don't think so.
0: Some of us are running low on spells. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm low
2: on that.
3: I burned all my trick points. It was probably <laughs> a little bit overkill to spend it on a fleeing creature. But
2: I mean the creature was terrifying enough to warrant that, I think.
3: I hit it with a punch, like I did. <laughs> <laughs> That was
1: difficult. wholly unexpected. It's not like you guys have an entire bandit camp you are planning on assaulting. I need us. We're
3: going to be taking a short rest. Uh, we're
0: sitting down. Right, <laughs> I mean, I'm off for long rest before we take yeah. on a bandit camp.
2: Uh, I don't want to anything back now. Well, we will get some things back on a short rest, but. um,
1: Allie, you sounded like you were talking through water. Right now? For a moment ago. You sounded oh. like. <laughs> you sort of sounded like Beaker.
2: Oh, Beaker.
3: Like, were we planning on fighting the bandit camp? That at least wasn't Jovan's plan, but <laughs> I mean, we might have an even shot at it if we did it properly. but that's gambling.
2: I think the most sensible thing to do would be to try to, like, locate it, gain some information about it, maybe gather a little bit of evidence to convince the guards. Just whatever we can do to get them to come out here because i don't think we could take on the whole bandit camp ourselves that sounds suicidal
3: i realize now that i hadn't actually like coordinate like talked. we hadn't made a plan for once we got in there um my assumption that we were sneaking in and getting the um the noble and then leaving and reporting the results to the guards
1: well maybe that's we're something to you guys too
0: should talk about so her assumption is we're just gonna storm it Maybe okay. oh, you guys no. should talk about
1: that in character.
0: Over our uh, long rest.
1: Over, like... Long rest. Are you guys going to take a rest here uh, and,
3: mm. like, take
1: that beast apart?
2: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Joven will rest. go with the group. We
2: have to in take a, apart.
3: Joven will go on the group, but the, the thing that's going to come up right away is uh, this place smells like fresh meat. That is spattered with gore. And I really don't want to be in this forest in a pile of fresh meat.
5: Oh,
1: don't worry. Your arm is covered in insect guts.
4: Uh, first Ooh. of all, yes, we're absolutely assaulting the bandit camp. Uh, Melian's oh, just going to rage no. and kill everything. Uh, but oh, second no. of all, Melian will also advocate for us not having a rest here because this place feels wrong and it the ghosts tried to attack tried to attack Faith and that's never happened to her before. Um, as for being covered in gore, like, one of us is Cory
3: and the rest of us have Faileth. Faileth can just wiggle our fingers. And.
0: D. Gorio? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably. Oh, totally. I can press to digitate. Hell yeah. So, you
1: have, the few of you that were digging holes uh, are able to loosen some of the dirt and dig a bit. Down. Uh, What are the rest of you doing while the holes are being dug? Phaelix is napping.
4: Uh, Continuing to bandage his wounds.
1: Okay. So there is a lar. There is a huge centipede dire bear stag mutant.
4: I'm. I'm pretty sure I'm unaware that we want its head, right?
3: Uh, No, we talked about it when we came away from the herbalist. You may not. In which case.
4: I mean, if no, Melian would remember that you wanted to get a thing. So if you told him about it, Melian will do the job of like taking the head off cleanly because he's lived in the land.
2: Thank you.
1: So you climb up onto it, and Melian, as you climb up onto it, you can actually see and like you can feel that the hairs of this creature are barbed. And had you been Actually, like trying to grapple it or like, really hold it, you probably would have been hurting yourself. But your thick boots are, luckily, sufficient <laughs> enough. Uh, and if
4: they weren't, I still have the other guy's boots in my bag. <laughs> so, uh,
1: but you also note this: like the feeling of it of its body is weird. Underneath, it's almost as if it's chitin, but the hairs are growing out and over it Ugh. as if it was armored across the entire body.
4: This thing is gross and it sucks.
1: So once you get up to its head, you begin to hack at it and you are able to hack its head off and pull it off of the spinal column and begin to drain it. Maybe put it up on a stick, something so you can carry it around.
4: A bunch of trees got knocked down. Melian will set up one of those tripods. One of those camping tripods.
1: Nice. And while you're doing that, the bo- the shallow graves are dug. You guys, unless you want to spend a considerable amount of time, can't really dig too deeply.
3: No. No, we're just breaking the surface and putting the bodies in.
2: Yeah. Then say some prayers, cover them up.
3: Cory, you said you'd had good news.
2: Oh, yes. Um, Cass, are there any big-ish stones around that we can kind of lay on top to weight the loose dirt? Oh, uh, yeah, you can
1: probably find uh, one or
2: two.
3: Make some karens?
2: Yeah, base, basically. Um, Just in case anybody wants to... In the highly unlikely event that anybody wants to reclaim the bodies. Uh, I I do have good news. I found the stump that we were looking for we can retrace the path that I left through the forest and given the strangeness of the forest, I'm not all that confident about it, but if we can we will find the stump we are looking for.
4: Paladin, how do you exist with no ability to find, to retrace your own path?
2: Well, I could retrace my own path in a normal forest, but it is not that I am not confident in my abilities, it is that I am not confident in the forest staying the same
4: ah in which case we are in agreement we should leave this land as quickly as we as, as we can
2: I agree although I think before we face the bandits we will need some rest
3: away from here though not where the smell of meat lingers
2: the stump should not be far perhaps we could rest there Unless anybody on their travels through the forest has found a more suitable haven.
3: There's a shrine, not... No. No, the stump. Mm.
2: If we are looking for a place to rest, if the shrine is not far, perhaps... A shrine to those who protect those lost in the forest would be a... A beneficial place to uh, recover our wounds.
3: Yovin cast his eyes down the road. How far away from this place was the shrine?
1: Maybe a minute
3: Mm -hmm. or two. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure it's far enough that I feel comfortable. It's only just a minute down the road. But there was a sense of something there. Not soul, but something
2: the stump is not that far away either.
3: If I have a vote to cast, I, I cast it on the stump. Uh, better to not lose our first way marker now that we have lost our guide. <laughs> With any luck, perhaps another band- bandit will come stumbling
4: through and we will have another.
2: I have no preference.
4: Well, as our luck has been so good thus far, I shall count on the Arrival of another bandit.
3: <laughs> you having a turn to faileth <laughs> gone, mm-hmm, paladin. Where you go, I follow.
2: Alright. Uh, Corey will look around for what they expect to be a lot of broken branches and crushed leaves and whatnot as they had broken their trail through the forest.
1: It's very good that the marked beginning of your trail is marked by a tree that has a crossbow bolt embedded in it just (laughs) above Kawari's head level. Unlike a decent number of other trees that have (laughs) uh, crossbow bolts that are.
4: I didn't know this was drag Jovan session.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, you're able to find that. Is someone going to wake Faileth up?
4: Uh, No, I'll just pick her up and carry her.
1: Okay. So you pick Faileth up and carry her, and so you come to the beginning of your trailhead. hmm Can you give me a perception check?
2: I'm so good at these. I think it's like this skill that's jinxed. That's a nine. Okay.
1: And then can you give me a survival check?
3: Are we able to help with these at all?
1: I'd like these just from quarry at first.
3: Fair enough, yep.
1: That's a 12. So you are able to track your footsteps. They seem a bit erratic, but as you are going through, uh, you also start to notice that there are splotches
2: where the ground is burned. Hmm. As if by acid. Uh... Cory hoists their shield up over their head and says, perhaps it would be better if you traveled under the
4: shield with me. Melian looks at his own shield, then Cory's shield, and says, if you insist, Paladin.
2: If you would prefer your own, um, Cory points to some of the burned acid splotches on the ground uh, and says, I just don't want anything to fall on our heads.
4: I am willing to allow... As I am carrying Faileth, I will accept the generous offer of the protection of your shield.
1: As you continue through the forest, following your footsteps, you come to a point where the footsteps veer off in a one direction, but the acid marks seem to go off in a more straight line in a direction.
2: Ah. Uh follows their footsteps. Allie is pretty sure that's not the right thing to do. Can I have a
1: wisdom saving throw from everyone, please? Even me? No, you're asleep.
0: Yep. 17. Is that an auto fail?
1: I'm not counting it as a fail, but I'm also not counting it as a
4: success for the group. Cool. You did say wisdom saving throw, yes? Yes. Okay, a whopping 13 then. 11 after modifier.
1: Can I then also get perception checks?
2: <laughs> 14.
3: 6. Or oh, sorry. Uh,
4: 5. I forgot <laughs> my modifier. A 1. I'm carrying a, a little girl.
2: And trying to stay under a shield. I feel like you've got a lot on your plate. Yep. As you continue moving forward.
1: With the shield overhead and the light a bit more focused just on the ground to try and follow the footsteps, you don't notice as the trees around you begin to sort of take on a sickly look to them. And as you step up to trees that quarry would have recognized being a glade that they had stopped just short of entering, you instead step into them as a group the very earth here has been liquefied as the roots of these trees have been rotted and putrefied beneath the earth and you step into a rotting morass of slime dirt, debris and rotting leaves that is four feet deep you have stepped into liquefied roots quicksand Uh, please take for the three of you who are walking uh, Mm -hmm. please take four bludgeoning damage and uh, Melian can you please give me a what type of role do you think it would be to uh, hold, keep holding on to Faileth and not drop her
4: in this situation? I mean, that I, I mean, really depends on what you think it would be. I, I would imagine it's either a dexter strength, depending on what sort of impetus it is.
1: So I'm imagining that it's the shock of you stepping on what should be solid ground, and the ground suddenly just sort of... Right,
4: so so that sort of tumble forwards. Yeah. Uh, if, that's probably... I mean, if you were asking me that, I'd probably say that's a dex uh, check. Dex acrobatics?
1: The Twelve. Faileth, can yes. you give me a flat d20?
0: Nine.
1: Uh, so, Faelith, you are going to tumble out of Melian's arms into... and just... St- fall straight into this disgusting morass and you will take three damage
0: she wakes up with a shriek as she disappears into this gross stuff
1: luckily this pit is not that deep so it is only four feet deep so for those of you how tall am I taller than that you're able to keep your heads above it but you're gonna need to start looking around for something to grab to pull yourself out or make some survival checks (laughs) okay good or make some survival checks to uh start to figure out how to get out
4: uh yeah sorry perception check to look around to find something yeah cool a seven I'm still worried about getting fail up on my shoulders.
3: Do I need to make a perception check to find a tree that's not about to fall over?
1: None of the trees have fallen over. You actually seem to have stepped... You're decently far away from the actual trunks of these trees. So it must have been a lot of the roots of these trees crisscross in this area.
3: Okay. How far away are they, They're the closest would you say?
1: The closest tree is probably about seven feet from you.
3: Oh, that's no problem whatsoever. Um, I'll toss out the end of a rope and catch it with the mage hand and begin tying it to the tree. Okay. And I'll, I'll try to grab a hold of whoever else is closest to me.
1: And then you're going to pull?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's the idea.
1: Can you give me a flat d20? Oh, hey.
3: That's not a bad, uh, 16.
1: Luckily for you, the tree that you latched onto is not one of the ones that had its roots rotted and did not get pulled towards you. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. figured
3: that was a, that was a danger.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, you are able to pull yourself uh, up and out right. and get your feet back up on the solid ground or semi-solid ground, covered in muck mm-hmm. now. Oh, yeah. Maybe some leeches.
0: Ew.
3: Extra protein.
0: Felix does like a leech. Ugh. They come with a uh, a cherry center. Oh. Oh.
1: With Jovan out and the rope, he is able to one by one help you guys all get out.
2: Did Quarry's footprints lead them into this?
4: Yeah. Huh. Remember, this is where you came from. Your footprints
1: stopped just short of this.
4: But none of us noticed. That was directly
3: when the octopus intervened, wasn't it?
2: Yep. But you said the footprints veered off in a different direction, which I thought is when I stopped and changed directions. Shouldn't have led us into a swamp.
3: If I understand correctly, you came from in here, moved towards the stump, then came back here and back towards us. So when we came back from where the fight was rather than following the technically two pairs of footsteps off towards the stop we've pulled the pair of footsteps back to where
2: That makes sense. Welcome to the forest.
1: (laughs) Now you guys are all out. And I think that probably you may you probably only have one lamp that's lit now. That's That's us. We only have one what? One lantern.
4: Ah.
0: Do we have a couple that are not lit? Because I can light them.
1: They're now soaked. And mucked.
0: Does digitation care about wet things?
1: Probably not.
0: <laughs> I use my magic to make them lighted.
1: So you dry them off and light them, cleaning them off with digitation.
0: Yep, I clean them with pressed digitate, and I light them with pressed digitate.
1: They uh, give off this. Are... Y- Yovan, were they a candle or were they oil?
3: Uh, probably oil, since I carry oil with me. But I do not carry. Well, I carry some candles, but if you have oil, you might as well use it.
1: They give off a very distinct smell now, <laughs> and, and they have lost some of their oil.
3: Joven stares enviously at the uh, lanterns that it's cleaned and casts a hopeful look towards Faelith.
0: Faelith very proudly cleans and lights those lanterns too.
3: Uh, That trick that you pulled at the river, I don't suppose you could... um, He he drips uh, empathetically. Uh,
0: (laughs) Oh, sure. I I clean and dry uh, Yovin.
4: You are an angel. Thank you. (laughs) Please.
0: I clean and dry everyone, Uh, and then I look and I say, you know,
2: that was kind of fun. Corey is frowning and looking around for um, the trail that they need to be following, as opposed to the one that they just followed.
1: You see a tree that has a burn splotch on it?
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: At about where you think the octopus was attached to the tree.
2: Okay. Would you like to
1: follow some footsteps?
2: Yes. Uh, we should watch our steps. I'm not sure but I think we go this way.
1: Can you give me a flat d20? Oh, no.
2: It's a
1: six. This has not been Quarry's finest hour. Well, it <laughs> probably takes you the better part of an hour maybe two you are well into the early morning uh, by the time you arrive at the stump to the point that yoven has had to replace the oil in the lanterns
0: faileth is getting decidedly cranky
3: it's a bit farther than you said and i'm welcome for the distance
2: I can't understand it. I heard Faileth cry, and I ran to where you were, and it certainly didn't take me this amount of time. There's something strange about this forest.
0: This forest is all messed
3: up. When the fog took us, I stopped moving. I stood there and waited for it to pass. And when it was gone, I was in an entirely different place.
0: We met some ladies. Indeed. We've got to fix their shrines or they're going to kill us. What? But we have the rest of our lives to do it.
4: No, they shan't kill us, Fateless. Well, they're going to take us
0: to their hellscape.
4: They're just going to collect our souls, yes. But we have the rest of our lives.
0: Apparently you already fixed one, Joven.
3: I came across one in the forest, and I remembered the stories that the guards told.
0: The ladies were quite nice.
3: Except for the
4: dragging you off to the hellscape and sealing well, the search. Well, I
0: said a hellscape, and honestly it kind of looked like one, but it also looked like the suburbs.
4: Wait, like the suburbs of hell? or
0: <laughs> No, of like a city, like a place where families have barbecues and stuff. So like, kind of like hell. <laughs> Didn't you think it looked like Horrifyingly nice there.
2: Horrifyingly nice? Yeah. Like, the kind of I place... I cannot where say is how
4: happened. I felt that, no.
2: It felt like the kind of place where you'd get
0: trapped in, like, doing boring stuff every single day, and it would always be safe.
4: Uh, Melian is desperately trying to remember what the hellscape was that she, that Phil is talking about, because... I don't remember this at all. House.
1: All all that Melian can remember is a rather sort of like ephemeral sort of place that had plants that were in various shades of purples and pinks and blues that glowed. And like everything seemed to be growing well. There was a large tree. There was a there was a there was a house. Or, or a hut at least there, there was a table that seemed to have been grown out of the out of a tree and its roots like
4: yes these sisters seem to believe that they uh they, were, they possess the only safe space in the forest however uh as payment for their their kind guidance and uh collection of us uh we are expected to pay them homage through the repair of their shrines.
0: Or else we'll be trapped in the good, boring place forever. And not be proper ghosts like we're supposed to. Uh,
4: Melian cocks his head to be proper ghosts like we're supposed to, because that sounds terrifying for him, but whatever. He's not prepared prepared to press the point.
0: Could you imagine living the whole rest of your eternity in a place that was nice and relaxing and soothing and everything was perfect and smelled good? Horrible.
4: Melian is like, no, I cannot imagine that.
2: Right? It would be torture.
4: Oh, that is not what I meant.
2: Sounded oddly appealing. That's the worst part
3: a few days ago I might have been with Corey and Melian on this but I don't know I felt more alive
4: recently than I have in
3: months that
4: is the point friend Irwin. you will not be alive when this happens
3: mm, that would detract
4: it sounded speaking oddly not restful
2: not being... <sighs>
3: Ugh, speaking restful. of restful
0: can you yes. take a rest now? I'm so tired.
2: We should, and then we should discuss our plan of action for the bandits as we are nearing their camp.
0: Malian's just going to kick their arses, right? And then save the old man, and the old man will help us save the children. Though I don't remember how, but I assume that it's got to be part of that. And then we all go home. The
2: end. Indeed. I... Perhaps we could look around the camp uh, carefully before we launch our attack. Um, I'm not. Depending on how many bandits they have and how well fortified they are, it may not be feasible for us to take on the entire camp and hope to be able to rescue Old Man Marsh.
4: Melian looks affronted. I, it should not matter how many bandits there are. Between your god and my arms, we shall be fine.
2: Why? If it Aye. takes Aye. My ghost. us too long, they may move Marsh or kill him.
4: Ah, well I will be in their camp before they can do that.
3: Uh, we shan't give them the time. over to fail and mm. It would likely take some time, and I've left no one to feed the dogs.
0: <laughs> but if we're not going to save the old man, then what are we even doing here? And isn't your friend going to feed the dogs? You didn't see no one was feeding the dogs where we were gone!
1: Faeleth, you remember that Yovan left the dogs at the Marsh Cidery.
0: Oh, those nice men will feed the dogs.
3: Perhaps we focus on getting the Marsh, Old Man Marsh, out from the camp, and then we evaluate whether we can...
4: If you have a proposal that is not the murder or the the slaying of every bandit in that camp, I am prepared to hear it.
3: Oh, I say if we can creep in quiet-like, and I feel we have the skills among us to do so, get the Marsh out of there, then we might approach more... Destructive tactics, without as much concern. Uh,
4: Melian, Mom, casts be a, being quiet? <laughs> Melian casts say. Melian casts say yes. A uh, what do I want? Um, a somewhat disbelieving glance at the enormous paladin and mm-hmm. the uh, the half elven girl who can't keep her mouth shut for longer than three seconds at a time, and then gives a, a skeptical look to um, mm-hmm. the open. Uh, if you believe that a subterfuge plan is our best option, I believe we have greater problems than the plan to assault the bandit camps.
0: I can be like shadows in the
2: night. I disappear. I admit. That I have I not didn't... known. Sorry. No, you bad.
4: No, no, no. I already talked once. <laughs>
2: I admit that I do not have much experience with covert or subtle missions, but I will do my best if that is the
4: route we choose. I am surprised that the paladin is having such an easy time with the idea of sneaking in and murdering the bandits where they sleep. But now that you mention it, murdering them while they sleep does sound oddly appealing.
2: That is not what Korra meant. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm, I meant more sneaking in to liberate old man Martian than
4: murdering uh, the bandits as they sleep. Why risk ourselves if we don't need to?
2: I thought perhaps we could leave that to the guard. But, they but the guard will not murder them while they to sleep. Get here.
0: The girl useless. makes an
4: excellent point as well. While you guys are
1: having this conversation, are you setting up camp? Yeah.
4: Well, would you like we to describe this clearing? Mm, well,
5: yeah. Oh, no. no. <laughs>
4: You know what? No, I don't want you to describe it. I want to (laughs) imagine it. I want to imagine it the way I imagined it. I
3: I realize that GMing can be an awful toll, so how about we describe this clearing this time?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful and fragrant and sweet. Well nothing is everywhere.
4: There's a tree with a a clock on it that'll tell us how long it's been (laughs) completely accurately. There's a subtle but strong defensible
3: half wall around the entirety of (laughs) the (laughs) clearing.
4: Uh, There's a spring full of water that is oddly delicious and returns our hit points. (laughs) Mm, That
3: one's dangerous. No, 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 not in this forest. So it's
2: like that, right?
1: A large stump sits (laughs) in the center of this clearing.
2: As you approach it.
1: As you approach it, you see that cut into the top of the stump are symbols for the numbers 1 through 12, laying out like the face of a clock. There you go, it's the clock you asked for. Mm -hmm. On one side of the clearing is a large stone and a thicket of brambles. Looking about it, appears that no paths appear to come into or out of this clearing Hmm. that can be seen.
0: Mm -hmm. This place is weird.
1: Give me perception checks, survival checks, or knowledge nature checks. Your guys' choices for oh, let's see you I guys mean. putting together this camp, because I have an entire I have an entire table that I wrote out for camping in the darking darkling forest.
0: Uh, Are you sure this wouldn't be a performance or a persuasion check? What did you say? <laughs> survival, per-
4: perception, or what? Nature. So uh, knowledge nature.
1: Yeah. I will also take a, after you guys have found a place, uh, you can use a dexterity stealth check to try and conceal it.
2: I
4: got a 19 on my survival.
2: I got 17 on my survival. I got 7 on any one of those. They're all
0: the same.
3: (laughs) I actually got a 21 on Knowledge Nature.
0: With
1: Jovan's knowledge nature, he's able to identify that the brambles on that side aren't poisonous, and they shouldn't be that dangerous. And with Felith crawling around on the ground, with, a, with her dark vision and a knife, she's able to cut you a little bit of a hollow out into the brambles. And then she cuts into actually a small thicket in the middle of them, a mm. clearing inside the brambles themselves. This is concealed and out of the way with a natural wind block. You guys are able to crawl inside.
4: Does my 19 survival do anything?
1: Your 19 survival will allow you, if you would like to, uh, forage for for edible plants and sources of clearing water nearby. Yeah,
4: yeah, done and done.
1: Yeah, Uh, You are able to find some edible plants, uh, as well as Fruits
3: uh, <laughs> I can hear the quotation marks around those.
1: <laughs> no um, <laughs> just, I'm, give one moment well, I think about how you're able to uh, you like you come out of the thicket, you do a little bit of looking around uh you are able to find some uh, some edible nuts, some edible mushrooms that you know are not poisonous and don't have any adverse side effects. they're not hallucinogenic. And you're also able to uh, find a small little creek that actually does run by. That Thanks. runs swift enough and does not appear to have stagnant water here.
3: You know, surprisingly enough, this actually matches up pretty close with our description.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: All we need now is for uh, Corey to rustle up a rabbit and.
0: Um... <laughs> Cute little duckies.
1: And you guys have a small little defensible camp hidden away in this thicket. Nice.
0: This is nicer than a lot of places Faillus has lived.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you can continue your conversation.
4: What do we leave off? Uh, killing all the bandits in their sleep is our new plan. Oh, hey.
0: yeah, That sounds good to me.
4: I could disguise myself as Seth.
3: We could. Mm-hmm. We have his voice. We have his face.
0: That's cheap. He didn't seem too keen on coming back here though. You think they'll be happy to see him.
4: I will recall that he did not seem particularly keen to come back here. I
3: just had an idea, but um Yovan's going to consider how well his last idea went over. Before... How
0: <laughs> <laughs> would it Yovan. Uh,
3: so Quarry would be very difficult to disguise and sneak in through um the back way? and would be difficult to pass as any of the bandits here. But perhaps a prisoner captured by our friend Bandit.
4: As mm-hmm. the, if I am going to disguise Star myself Wars as... Maneuver. If I am going to <laughs> disguise myself as Seth, I think they will have a hard time believing that I have captured quarry
0: He was a bit of a weenie.
3: I do have a, a disguised kid on me, and while I don't have nearly the skill that you do perhaps you can share some of your tricks maybe not one oh. of the bandits but two there was a whole crowd of them at that, uh, that farmhouse
0: i don't think you've that melian's tricks are the kind that can be taught
3: no more natural talent well still i'm sure between the two of us we can manage something and with failless magic penchant for illusion
0: I can make some pretty cool illusions now. Ooh, I can use my new spell. One that I used to make that guy's mum kill him. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, perhaps
4: not on Joven.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Joven went very, very quiet. <laughs> I can make it appear. It'll won't be on nobody. It'll just be there. It'll be an illusion, and it can be with you. And as long as they don't see through it, they'll believe it's how? there no matter what.
4: Faileth, while I appreciate your talents more than anyone here, I assume, I am struggling to see how it would help us to have that one bandit's mother accompany us <laughs> well, to the no, bandit. I could do know.
0: more than just the <laughs> I could do anybody's mother. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm sorry, I couldn't resist.
5: <laughs>
1: I'm just losing it. I have myself. I had myself muted over here, and I just, <laughs> just, just lost it.
0: <laughs>
5: <clears throat> oh,
0: you son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised she's never called Melian's mother.
5: That's never that uh, Melian's mother's right?
4: not dead. She doesn't know that. I mean, Melian would have been pretty obvious. But mom's not dead. Well, my mother is not dead, and I'm very sad about it. Not <laughs>
0: that she. Oh, Melian, At least if she were dead, I could just for forgive you. her. I could kill her for you if you like.
3: Probably a powerful bonding moment. Just, uh, Melian, I wish my mom was dead, and, <laughs> and fail if it doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: they don't go away.
4: Duly noted.
2: I'm still not quite sure are we pretending Quarry's a prisoner and marching them into the camp is that the
3: it's a terrible uh, idea I, out of character yeah, I, it's an absolute terrible idea so
4: i un- actually i actually think million would argue that they're better served just going in without a prisoner if we disguise in fact what we can we can do this we can talk about it later but i was gonna say in ca- we could have this conversation in character but uh, i think um Million will suggest that they're better served having Phaeloth um, and Cori outside, because if something goes wrong, that somebody can come in and help them. Whereas if something goes wrong and they're all in there, it's just combat.
1: Well, you guys can have that discussion at the beginning of the next next session. Why not?
2: Don't you want to know what we're going to do so you can plan? Oh, to don't destroy worry. Too them? bad. So, so that assumes that we're romantic. making
3: it to the bandit camp next session, <laughs> yeah. which is very optimistic.
2: <laughs> right, that's true. Based on my experience of this forest, you make an excellent point.
1: Yes. Two main points. One, are you sure you're going to make it to the bandit camp next session?
4: Yes. Two, I'm absolutely sure. Uh, two,
1: I'm fairly confident that almost any plan that PCs lay, just like any plan that a DM lays, very rarely goes as planned.
3: Look, it's a brilliant plan. I'll just learn how to get another 30 feet of my mage hand. I will reach into the bandit clamp and pick out Marsh and just pull him out. <laughs> Ooh, it's <laughs> flawless.
4: I mean, you guys would have more faith in my uh, disguise and steal Marsh uh, plan if you knew that I could actually just become Seth. Yeah,
3: well, uh, I mean, you've even seen you uh, disguise yourself. Well, absolutely floored by your skill.
4: Um, <laughs>
0: Faileth believes in you.
4: I mean, but she also knows your secret. Yeah.
0: Maybe not what she knows. I don't think she does. She know what you actually are. I don't think so.
4: No, but you know know that I can change shapes. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, Melian doesn't even know what he really is. So that's not that's not like he's kept it a secret from you. He doesn't know.
0: That's that's what I figured.
4: And he doesn't want to talk about his faceless true form. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, So with that. Uh, on the on the camp,
3: yeah. If we can make it smokeless and so that light doesn't pierce through the outside of the hedge, or the the thicket, then I don't see why not.
1: Let's say that you set up a small fire. You have it banked. Yovin, uh, you go out to check. Uh, can you give me a stealth check?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, that's no problem. That's a unnatural twenty.
1: As you're out in the clearing, you look from a couple different angles you can't see and the wind is going the light wind that's going is going in another direction it's blowing the smoke away from the clearing if any smoke was coming this way you also made sure that you were using the appropriate type of wood to reduce the amount of smoke going up and to reduce any cracks or pops and popping sounds but while you're out uh, you take a glance looking down at the Uh, carved stump and you remember the words written onto the back of the map
4: the hour of the hearth or something
1: (whistles) with high king's misplaced trust begin march unto the beat of the storm's song then retrace the hearth's embrace and mark the middle to two-faced's wraith So you remember that you take note looking at the n- only numbers on this stump. Perhaps after you've rested, you'll know more. Perhaps inspiration will come to you. With that, you head back into your small camp. You set up watches and will please everyone take a long rest.
0: Hooray! Spells!
2: Thank you for listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please rate us on Apple Podcasts and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Arcane Anthems, and Purple Planet Music full credits are in the episode description we hope you've enjoyed listening bye Uh,
3: my fun fact is actually secretly a fun fact about quarry and that's (laughs) it they are an extraordinary storyteller um and in fact i don't think we've ever mentioned it but how uh Jovan and Cory got to know each other was by Cory telling them stories in the Abbey. And many of their, like, core fundamental beliefs come from those stories. Aww. You didn't
4: actually introduce yourself, though.
3: Oh, I totally missed that, didn't I? Can we edit, like, if I introduce myself, can we do the.
2: Oh, yeah, the we can do No.
3: No. Oh, right. No. <laughs> right from the top, okay. Uh, my name is David. <laughs> I'm playing. Uh, I am playing, um,. Joven Savvy J. Cooperson, a human rote. Oh, I got background noise. Give me a second. I was this, <laughs> this, this
1: is all going in the bloopers. <laughs>
3: uh, don't do this to me, Cass. Please.
2: <laughs> Fun fact about Allie: she just ate some delicious chocolate pudding. The
0: leftover New Year's chocolate pudding. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I still
4: have a little bit of that left. So good. Fun fact about Brian: I was eating a white fudge-covered Oreo, and when you mentioned pudding, I choked. Apparently, (laughs) desserts are jealous of each other.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If we're doing personal fun facts, um, I just I had probably the best grilled cheese of my life like an hour ago, made by ads. It was literally incredible. Like, if it had been served at a restaurant, I would be a patron of that restaurant for life. Just
2: nice. What was special it. about it?
3: Um, so it was a sesame uh, seed bread that I got from work that was, uh, maybe one of my co-workers, which was just really really nice, um, and, like, the tomatoes were local, and, and, like, all the ingredients came together, and it, like, it almost had, like, a salmon-y taste to it, but it was mm. didn't actually have salmon in it, just the right amount of tang and the right amount of, like, rock salt, rock salt, it was, it was just a mini-miracle, it was great.
2: That's awesome.
3: No pressure on her future sandwiches. Always.
2: It's a high bar though now. Yeah. Oof.
3: Speaking of tasty food, I think we're just about to fight a stag bear. <laughs> uh, we
2: did yes. meal. I thought it was, was yes. gonna be our new pet. What do you mean tasty meal? I mean, fail would
3: be down. Oh, I didn't say I didn't say it was gonna be the tasty meal. I was insinuating we were gonna be the tasty meal. I'm not
2: oh. Really that oh, I misunderstood. I'm too young to be. I mean, I'm not. Corey's no. I mean, they're not that old. They're only fifty-three. Too young to be.
0: They have so much life left.
2: They do.
4: But they've only got one life left.
0: But they'll survive. (sighs) They will survive. (laughs) I don't know. Hey, hey.
4: <laughs> I mean, as long as they know how to love, I guess.
0: At first, I
2: was afraid I was petrified.
4: I like that we're all doing different parts of the <laughs> you
2: know. Wasn't sure with that dire stag bear how I'd
0: survive. You spent so many nights learning how to wield a door. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I haven't written a musical in a long time.
2: It's one hollow, the musical. <laughs> do that. This will be a Patreon stretch goal when we have enough people to make that a reality. (laughs) We have
4: both a Patreon and (laughs) goal. Alright, Grogu, you gotta move, bud. What's going on?
5: I don't know, but but it sounds like Baby Yoda.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I moved Grogu. And now he's talking Sorry, I need to on the old room right
3: tomorrow. Do 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 I
5: am so worried about Cory.
1: Oh, give me one
0: moment. No. <laughs>